welcome, welcome, everyone. Thank you guys again for joining us on Shut Up and Listen. This is episode four. Today, we have your two favorite duo, F and M. Hello. That was M. <laughs> and we also have our special guest today that she's going to briefly introduce herself right now. She is going to be talking about our main topic, which is something that I feel like a lot of people um, want to know about like how do you have it all kind of thing like how do you have kids how do you how do you get your career how do you become a doctor how do you how do you go through that whole process and you know still still be able to juggle all those things at the same time and at the same time be a human being and be able to be a speaker and do all these things so we have Dr. Monica here she's gonna talk to us about her life journey her experience and a little background about herself Thank you so much for inviting me. I always like doing these things and just hearing you speak about, you know, all of these things you just mentioned, right? Like having a business, doing this, speaker, like all that gave me so much anxiety, right? When we hear about all these things together. But anyways, a small introduction. My name is Dr. Monica Gilbert. I've been in the field of behavior analysis and mental health for about, I want to say, 14 years. I have um, a private practice, which is Crystal Minds New Beginning, that has been open for 12 and a half years. And I am a licensed psychologist in the state of Florida. I'm also a doctoral level board certified behavior analyst and an LMHC. I'm a mother of two little ones, um, two little creatures, as I call them. And um, yeah, that, that's a little bit about me. A little bit. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> that's so much. That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing, honestly. I just I wanted to ask her like to kind of guide us through her journey. So how did you get to the point as to where you are at now? Where did you start and how did you get to this end point right here that you're at right now? So um, I, I want to say I've always, you know, wanted more. I've been very ambitious um, when it comes to me owning my private practice. Right. It started when I was in fourth grade. <laughs> So when, when I was in fourth grade, I would sell like those lollipops, right? And um, for like 25 cents, right? And um, and then the principal caught me and, and they were like, oh, you can't do that. And I was like, why? Why can't we like have a business, right? Why can't we make money off of it? And it wasn't so much because I was making money. I was making like maybe $20 like a month, right? But for me, it was kind of creating something, managing something, and then receiving reinforcement for it. So that's when I, I guess my kind of drive for, for businesses opened up. And then, you know, for school, I went to school, I went to FIU, like everyone else, like the entire world in Miami, and I got a bachelor's in psychology. And when I took that behavior analysis course, I was like, oh my gosh, this is me. This is my thing. And I started working with adults with very severe behaviors. And mind you, you don't see it here, but I'm like 5'3". I'm really short. So imagine these huge adults, because back then, 13 years ago, we had adults that we worked with, not the little cuties that we work with now. And it was challenging. And there were times where I was like, no, I'm not going to be able to do this. But I just continued and I just focused really on my goal. And that's what helped me kind of pull through um, this whole situation and really just focusing on what I wanted, right? Like, for example, when I was completing my, my doctorate degree, there were a lot of times that my colleagues now, right, would, the students would, would get together, they would go out, they, they would chat about whatever it was. And I was super focused. 
if any of them would describe me, I would go with my laptop. And while I was in class, I was doing like different like business plans or whatever it, it was. So I was trying to like juggle everything together. So in short, right, or in long, that's how I got to that point. Wow, that's, I love it. The lollipops for 25 cents. <laughs> that's my favorite story. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's amazing. I guess you just always have had that thrive to like, be better and to create yourself and to like, and to constantly recreate yourself into this person. So I, I think that's amazing. I think you have to have that type of energy and that type of persona to be able to get very far in life and how you said there is no end point you're still not at an end point you will never be at an end point we're swimming forever <laughs> yeah and I mean it's on one end it's great on the other end I have also learned to realize that sometimes you have to have somewhat of a pause because if not it, it becomes insatiable like you mentioned there's never that end point so if you're always looking and striving for more, you're not really enjoying what you have right now. So that's been, I think, my journey as like a grown up <laughs> to really appreciate what I have and really say, okay, this is enough. I can want more. But right now I appreciate and I'm comfortable with what I do have. And and just to ask, because it's something I guess I would say that I'm struggling with, like, how do you pause and like, feel okay with yourself because I have that constant issue with myself that I'm always like more 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 that's not <laughs> enough and then when I do get to that pause and I'm like okay I have to take a break I'm like on vacation and I'm like wow I'm a terrible human look at me out here having a great time and I have to do all these things and all of this stuff is in the back burner and I start to give myself anxiety and then I do what I tell M all the time fight or flight 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 <laughs> go home <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think it's also redefining what success means for you. I had a family, I'm Cuban, right? My, my, my Cuban background, I don't know if this is like a Cuban thing or it's like a Hispanic or I, I have no idea. But, you know. Cuban too, so, and we can relate a lot. <laughs> so Cuban parents like push the heck out of you, right? Like you have, I, I remember growing up, my mom used to tell me, if you're going to be like a garbage person, you have to be the best. And I'm thinking about it now and I'm like, that's so messed up. Like, why do I have to be the best, right? Maybe I don't want to be the best, right? But that was the idea that I grew up with. Whatever you're going to do, you have to be the best and you have to push yourself. And it was like this high success sort of thing. Um, and the reality is that when we look at our, our parents and our grandparents, and they're not that happy. <laughs> so why are we following what they're telling us to do? But I think it's just redefining what success means to you. For me, success was going to that next step, which I was never, you know, it, it was going to, once you get to that step, you feel good for like that, the momentary, like, oh, sh I, I got it. You know, I feel so successful, but then you want the next step, right? So it's not this, this prolonged like feeling of, of happiness. So it was just redefining that. What makes me happy now is just, you know, being with my kids and, and doing little things here and there and. And, you know, speak, you know, hanging out with my friends and just redefining what that success is. It's really important. While you were, and by the way, I saw your story yesterday of the exercise that you did. Yes, I loved it. And that's where I came up with this question. Like, do you remember how you felt as far as like society um, and all that stuff? Kind of like bringing up your business, finishing up your doctorate. I know a lot of people can be harsh and be like, 
stop working so much. That's not important. I know for sure that there was many things that you had to miss out on because you had business or you had to like maybe an audit was coming up and you had to make sure all your documents were in line. Like, how did that feel like? And how do you feel about it now? So stressful as hell, of course. But I I really never, never, um, I, I, I really didn't follow people, right? Like I had my own goals. I had my own, you know, way of, of doing things. And, and I wanted to do it. I mean, it's, it's funny because I, I went to the emergency room. Like it wasn't that serious, but I went to the emergency room like two weeks ago. And my mom, right? I mean, mind you, I have a successful business. I am a doctorate in, in clinical psychology. And my mom's there and she's looking at, at the MD doctors, right? The medical doctor. She's like, oh, you could have been a medical doctor. And I'm like, mom, really? Right? So my mom right now. Wanted- <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, what do you mean? I, I don't want that life. And my mom always wanted me to be a medical doctor. But with that, you know, I mean, I, I started like that, but then I found my own way. So you always have to find your own way and do whatever, you know, you think feels right for you. I, I think that that's super important. But of course, it's going to be stressful. A lot of people see owning your own company as, oh, it's so glamorous and it's so great and, and you're the boss, right? Supposedly. But it comes with a lot of sacrifice. It comes with with a lot of, you know, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of mental agony at times, a lot of anxiety. It, it just comes with a lot of that. And I know we're like in the era where everyone is is a boss, right? Like I think there's, it's like this movement. I, I don't know if you guys have heard it. Everyone's like a boss. Um, yeah. It's not that I don't think that people are capable of doing it. I just don't think that everyone is ready to give up what they have to give up to get to that point. 1000%. I agree with you. Yes. Or they, they think, they think it's easy, you know? Someone might look at you and be like, oh, my God, like she can do it. I can do it, too. But they don't see everything else that you had to do on the back end or put on the back burner so that you can have what you have right now, so that you can have the skills that you have right now, the team that you have right now. I'm sure when you first started hiring wasn't just like in your second nature. It was something that you had to build and practice and you know, the dynamics of where you work, like it's all a process and people fail to see that. They think that you just built that overnight. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I think it's a lot of the the social media that we have now, right? That kind of pushes people to, oh, it's so easy, right? Just have your own business and do that. But it comes with a cost. Everything in life comes with a cost. You just have to ask yourself, am I willing to pay for it? Yes, I agree. I, I agree too. <laughs> okay, so I guess my next question is like formulated around what I like to ask everyone. I don't know why. I just feel like everyone has a different interpretation when it comes to like social media. Mm-hmm. So like, what is your experience with social media? Do you get a lot of hate? Do you get a lot of positivity? Do you get a little bit of balance of both? Like, how was it to grow that? Um, and how did it help you in your growth as well? So I always think of social media as you're either using it or it's using you. So you have to decide which, what you're going to do. Are you going to allow it to use you? Are you going to be like just on it all the time and it's consuming all your time? Or are you going to use it? Because it is a great platform to, you know, to, to just get your voice out there and speak with people. Now, in terms of hate and all that, I'm not going to lie. In the beginning, I used to get a lot of like hate mail and people just, you know, saying whatever they want to say because everyone is very courageous 
behind social media, right? All of a sudden. But I, I learned to to take that and just to to laugh at it, right? To just take it. And like, for example, when I do my, my Q&As, I remember there was one person that that asked me, um, oh, you're you're a, a woman. What, what do you tell people about, you know, the when, when they ask you how you're able to to run your business or if you're able to do it? And my response to that was, which business are, are you speaking about? Because I have three. Right. So just kind of like using that as a momentum and just laughing with it. Right. Or I had another person ask me, oh, um, why do you call yourself a doctor when you're not a, a you know, when you're not a medical doctor? And, you know, I, I just laughed at it and I said, well, there's there's different types of doctor. There's even like a cat that's called doctor. So what can <laughs> I tell you? So just kind of la laughing with it. Don't let it get to you is, is the way that I see it. Not only that, I think people just don't know that you can get a doctorate in anything, right. literally anything. You can have a doctorate in divinity. Yeah. Yeah. You can get a doctor in, in literally anything, but I mean, what are you going to, you're not going to get mad or offended about that. Right. So, um, j just using it for, for you, like, how can I use this common to, to help me? Right. But yeah, I mean, on, on TikTok, I've posted a lot of things and you guys know there's a lot of hate against ABA and, and all that. So I, I posted a couple of things and there was like, I remember one time there was this, this group that they all kind of called each other or something. They're like, Hey, let's go to Monica's stage and start, <laughs> you know, bombarding, you know? And, and it was like, I, my phone did not stop with notifications because they were just putting things like you're an abuser and you're, and, and it's still there. Like if you go to that TikTok post, um, video, you, you'll see it there. But I got so many people going to my TikTok that I was like, oh, I I'm going to pin it and put it as the first thing, you know, that people see. So, yeah, you used it for good, you know, Absolutely. Um, any publicity is good publicity exactly. <laughs> yeah. at this point. And someone will come across that and have a little bit of background information. And, exactly. you know, you have a potential client right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I really do agree with that because you have to kind of just like you kind of have to be like butter <laughs> you have to let it slide off of you because if you're gonna sit there and take those things personally then you're never gonna grow and and you're always gonna get targeted especially when you start to become someone and you know you start to have things and you publish those things up line online or you have your even if you just voice your own opinion yeah. people automatically are like attack <laughs> Exactly. You can't have your own opinion. You can't be better than us. It's it's like what you said. A group of people just call each other up and they're like, hey, let's attack. <laughs> she, she made it to the top. Let's go. Exactly. So, And they're just so mean online these days. And n not even just mean. Like yesterday, and I, and I don't want to get into the details of it because I don't want to make this episode about like us. I want this to be about you. But it's just like another story to share. Like, Someone called me yesterday, like reaching out for services and so rude. You know, I redirected this person to the website and I was like, you know, it's it's pretty it's really easy. If you have any trouble, you get stuck somewhere. You can call me. But like, you know, please check out our website. Mm -hmm. Hung up on me. Hung up on me. I was like, OK, calls me again. So I answer, you know, at that point, I'm like, OK, maybe she didn't hang up. You know, maybe the the call dropped, you know, benefit of the doubt. Cool. Hung up on me again and and was like, are you in a bad mood? I was like, so hello? Random. Yeah, that's like, so weird. 
you know, like people are just so mean or I don't know what it is, stressed out. This person was, I, I moved away from Miami. This person lived in Miami because of their number. So is it like a Miami thing? I hope that soon I can, we can well, speak you, to you people Miami, elsewhere. I'm not trying to say anything about people in Miami. I, I don't need more haters, please. But uh, <laughs> me living in Miami, growing up in Miami, you know, we have our own kind of, it, it, it can seem mo- uh, mean when you're out of this, right? But a lot of the times is the way we communicate. We communicate with our hands. We're we're forceful in, in our words. You know, we're, we're very passionate sometimes. So we come out like, as intense. And there are some people that are just, you know, a-holes. I mean, that that's just, you know, the nature of it. Um, and a lot of people are just going through a lot of mental health things, right? Like, I've, I've learned to not take things personal, right? Someone can be, like, super depressed. Someone could have lost a child. Someone you know, could be really irritable. Um, it could be so many things that have absolutely nothing to do with, with us. Right. And, um, and that, that's just their, their way of venting that that's just the first person that answered the phone. And now they're just kind of, you know, creating all this like chaos. Um, but all that chaos is inside of them already. So just something to, to keep in mind, there's a lot of people out there that are going through a lot of like pretty messed up things. Yeah, I agree. We never know. We never know what's going on behind the the back of that message, that call, that DM, whatever it is. My next question that I have for you is based off of like, I know that you do speeches, that you get in front of people and you talk about things like how did you get into that? How did you get how how were you able to build? Because I know that that's something that a lot of people struggle with, too. Like they do have a lot to talk about. They they do research, they do this and they're very knowledgeable people. But as soon as the camera turns on or the mic is on and the record button is on, they're like, "Uh, uh, uh." how did you become that person? (laughs) So it's it's funny because I always and you guys are not going to believe this, but I always struggled with social anxiety. Like, Performance anxiety, you know, was the worst. Like I struggled with that growing up in class everywhere. I was also into acting. So I I was really great at acting, right? So sometimes the way that I see it is um, I'm I'm acting, right? Not not that I'm acting and that what I'm saying is fake is that I I see it like that, right? When I'm in front of people, it's an act and it kind of just turns on. Um, Something that also I think helped me was when I was 13 years old, I wasn't doing very well here in, in school. And my mom sent me to Cuba to study for two years. And um, when you live in these kind of third world countries, you have to speak, like you have to socialize. If not, you are not heard and you don't get things done, right? I remember this this time when I was waiting for, for the bus to come. And mind you, the bus is like, gets super full. There's like people coming, you know, out of the windows, whatever. So I'm here and it was my first time catching the bus by myself. And of course I didn't ask, you know, who went next and, and behind, you know, if there was someone behind whatever and the bus came, everyone got on and I was like, like this, like just bleeding, right? <laughs> I was like, excuse oh me. And the bus just like left and I was like, no. And I had to walk in that sun. So I was like, this is not happening to me again. The next time I said it very low, but I was like, um, eh, ultimo, you had to say ultimo, who are you behind just in case that person leaves, whatever. So I did that and I got on the bus. So that was like my first experience at speaking up. And I said, no, I have, in order to survive in that environment, you have to speak up. So that kind of forced me to speak up for myself and, and kind of, you know, get in front of, of, of people. 
And then that's it. And then I just started putting myself out there, knowing that I had that social anxiety and knowing that I would get nervous. I, I did the opposite. Instead of just like staying in that little box, I was like, nope, I have to push myself. So, you know, I, I, I just said, let me try a conference. And I signed up for like ABAI the first time. And I did the conference. I was super nervous. It was in, in France, right? Because I wanted to go all out. So I went all the way to Paris. Wow. I did the conference. And then I was like, well, if I was able to do it here, I can do it wherever. And then, you know, just luckily, um, because people started learning about motivational interviewing and how communication is so important, they started asking me if I wanted to participate in conferences. So that, that was great. And that's kind of like my journey on how it started. Wow, I that was my other second favorite story. <laughs> so hold on, I have to recap on that. Your mom's decision or choice was you are not behaving well or you're not doing well here, so I'm going to send you to Cuba. Yes, yes. She kind Why of are her parents like out. that? She fostered me out. She, she just, you know, she was a single mom, so she really couldn't handle me. I mean, I, I was pretty bad. I, I was 13 years old and I was a rebel and I was pretty bad. <laughs> Um, you know, so she was like, I, I just can't handle you. I'm, I'm scared that you're going to fall into, you know, something worse. So she sent me to live with, with my aunt in Cuba. Yeah. That, I mean, but that did it for you though. I, it, you never know what it is. Like sometimes in that exact moment, you're like, oh my God, this is the worst episode of my life. I hate it. I can't believe this. But from that, you learned so much and you got a huge experience out of it. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, since you were talking about it, you said um, the AP, I always forget how to say the abbreviation, APABI. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, how did you get that opportunity? Is that something that you like just started to reach out to different platforms or is that something that just kind of came to you and you were like, yep, sign up? Like, how did, how did so that come to you? What's funny is that in the beginning, when I started this motivational interviewing journey, right? So I graduated, I was like, oh, this stuff is great, has so much empirical support. But the field of ABA, there's like, we, we really do suck at communication. And I started uniting both. And I started doing trainings for for my staff, then I started doing it for other, you know, places. And, and I just, I just applied for ABI, I applied for um, to, to do like a, what is, like a pre conference workshop. And uh, I applied and they said, yes, we think this is really interesting. Um, let's go do it. And, and that's it. And I just started doing it. It's funny because I sent about like three emails to like three different conferences. I never heard back from them, of course. But then this year, right, that conference actually asked me to be a, mm. an invited speaker to their conference. And I, I didn't realize it. But when I was like sending them something, it, you know, you reply back to that mass e- to the email that you like we're whatever we're getting um you initiated so i i did that and i was like oh my gosh i had applied to you guys like two years ago so that was really interesting um but yeah that's what i did that's beautiful yeah so you just kind of have to put yourself out there i don't know i just that caught my attention because that's like one of those uh platforms that it's like oh my god like crazy how did you get to speak through there and how did you go to france that's amazing but it's it all goes back to that same thing like you have to put yourself in those positions like you have to reach out to everybody in the world because it's not that it's not attainable people just think it's not attainable so they don't even try exactly absolutely absolutely and you always have to think you know there why not me why not me this person Mm -hmm. was able to do it why not me sometimes we feel so like little so small Mm -hmm. when we look at these 
like huge speakers, let's say if, if that's your thing, right? Or if you're opening up a company, you see like this multinational million dollar company, you're like, I'm, I'm just this little person here. How can I make it there? Of course you can. Why, why not you is the way I say it. Why not you? So when, you know, in the works of all of this and did you have a support system? Um, did you have to like hire family members to help you out? You know, how, how was that? Or how, how did you build the dynamics that you have now? So my husband has always been with me since day one. He's been my greatest support system. Uh, I really have to give him total kudos because with all my craziness of teaching here, going here and going there, you know, there were a lot of like lonely times when he was by himself. Not a lot of people will, will accept that. So he, he definitely helped me. And there were a lot of times where I had a lot of self-doubt, like, like we all do, like, can I make it? Is this even worth it? Or no, I'm just going to quit. Everything's going to go to crap. You know, like that mentality, of course you always have it. And he was like, no, continue. Stop thinking like that. And and he would really help me with that. Um, I also have like a, a really good, you know, mom who helps, uh, kind of with that as well. Um, my sister has been helping me in the company a lot, um, as well. And then just kind of building your, your team. I have, in, in my company right now, I think all of my BCBAs are are great and we have such a good communication and I trust them and they trust me and we have such an open relationship, which I love. So, you know, if you don't have that support system, just know that you can create it. It's not like, oh, I don't have it and that's it. It's over. No, you can start creating it. I love that. And that, you know, there's trust in in your work environment and you have, you know, close relatives helping you out. That's really amazing. Mm -hmm. And like you said, if you don't necessarily have people close to you, you can definitely build it. Yeah, I believe in that. I agree as well. That's you do need a support system at the end of the day, even if it's like an emotional thing or like a little help here and there. It's always necessary. I know a lot of times we like to be like, I was self-made. <laughs> no, no, you weren't. <laughs> you had you had an emotional support dog. Come on. Or you had something. <laughs> you, we all need that. You had something. Yeah, you had something. <laughs> Even if it was like a podcast you would listen to that would be like, go, get up right now. <laughs> yeah. <Push yourself." laughs> you had something. Exactly. But I like I like to hear that. Okay. So I want to know a little bit more and I'm sure the people listening to as well, where do you see yourself five years from now? Uh, five years from now, I see myself five years younger. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, okay, five years from now, let me see. I'm, uh, so five years from now, I don't even know, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think in, in a better place, just, just w within myself, right? Just me as, as an adult, I've been working a lot on me just kind of, you know, giving more to myself, right? I, I grew up kind of like giving, 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 creating, creating, creating. And now I want to kind of return that and give it back to myself, to my family and kind of just, um, you know, do that. Definitely travel more. I love traveling. I went to Dubai last year, which I loved this year. I'm going to Thailand. Um, I, 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 I love traveling. So working a little bit more on that, definitely. I mean, I, I wouldn't be me if I didn't think about growing my company. So growing my, my company, taking it to the next level to see where we can go, doing more things on motivational interviewing, really getting the word out there and hopefully, you know, people starting to use it, which is, is my goal. Um, so yeah, that, that's really, that's it. 
So more more growth mm-hmm. and more self-love. Yes. That sounds amazing. And so, you know, listening to you to you speak and F and I often have this conversation. Um so I love that you made time to come on here. I guess do you think that, you know, prior years like all that time that you were so tough on yourself and you were like monica i have to get this done i have to get that done like you were go 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 i'm sure you still are now Mm -hmm. do you think that that is why you are where you are right now and you know now it's okay to slow down a little bit and and you know like take time for yourself spend time with your family and all that stuff or do you think that you should have taken pauses before so I, this is a question that is a little complicated because I ask myself that as well. You, you never really know. Like what got you to the place you're in? Was it your hard work? Was it your this? Was it your that? I, I think that I worked, uh, I, let me see. So I kind of pushed myself, but there were a lot of like self-doubt and a lot of those things that I didn't need to have, right? So I, I don't think that I got to the place I am because I worked like night and day. I think that helped it. But I also have to appreciate that I have other characteristics about myself that have gotten me to this point. And that was something that I overlooked for a lot of years. I, I had the notion that everyone who works hard gets to that point. And the reality is not that. Because a lot of people have different strengths that, you, that you're built with that allow you to get to that point. And now I'm starting to realize that and appreciate those strengths um, about myself, right? Which which also is tied to like self-esteem and, and how you feel about yourself. Um, so yes, working hard is important, but you know, some people just have certain skills that are going to allow them to, to get to that point. So it's important to look at it that way as well. I really love that you said that because I agree. There's pe- There's many people, and I'm sure you know them too, that all they do is work hard, but they haven't met, met success or met not even a little bit of their success. So it is important to just look at your skill sets, see what you're good at, Mm -hmm. see what you might lack at. And it's really hard to do that because you have to be truthful with yourself. You can't just, I know social media just really has us on like, we got this, we're amazing. And although we are, and we do got this, we do need to be honest with ourself yeah and I think that's hard without bullying ourselves. you know it's like it's like mm-hmm. that hard balance to right. find yeah so I guess we're always looking for it and just keep swimming <laughs> so you would just say, have to keep swimming and and it's also that you feel because what I just said now I wouldn't have said a couple years ago because I would have felt like oh my gosh who are you 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 sound so cocky like you know <laughs> stop like trying to be like you're the best you know what I mean so it's, it's also realizing that you can have a high self-concept of yourself that, that is truthful without sounding cocky, right? I'm not saying I'm the best, but I do have strengths that have helped me get to this point. So it's, it's sort of like asserting that and feeling comfortable and not feeling guilty while doing that. So you heard that, guys? Build your self-esteem up, <laughs> okay? Feel comfortable where you stand. And don't and beat be okay. yourself up. Forward. <laughs> And don't beat yourself up when you take a break. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And when you, and, and even when you have, you know, you're not just because 
I, I just said that about myself. I have these strengths that have allowed me to get to the point where I am today. But I also have a lot of challenges. Like sometimes I leave my house and I have different colored shoes on. And I'm like, what the heck, man? You're a doctor. Like figure this stuff out, you know? Or sometimes I'm, I'm like, you know, in a rush and I'm sending, you know, therapist things. And then I, I, I blur something out that doesn't even make sense. And I'm like, what the heck? Or it's misspelled, right? Um, but it's okay. I laugh at those moments because that doesn't make me who I am. You know, I, I know I'm not perfect at everything and I'm fine with that. Um, and, and I own it, which I think is so important. Just own it, right? Like you fall, you get back up. It's fine. We're all human. Ooh, ooh, I have a question. I don't know. I just thought about it right now because <laughs> you were talking about all these things. And once again, I'm like kind of like putting myself in your shoes and seeing what is going on in my life currently and like how I can, I don't know, project it through yours. Mm -hmm. So while you were trying to build your business, obviously, before you actually like got everything established and everything, were you working for someone else or were you doing something else on the side like to maintain yourself, I guess, in the process? Yeah. So I was, when I opened Crystal Minds, it was in 2010. So when I opened Crystal Minds, I was completing my, my doctorate. Um, and I was working in two different companies. So I was working in two different companies. I had just gotten like a regional coordinator role in one of the companies. So, you know, it, it was hectic because I was doing all that, but definitely I, I was also working in, in, in different places. Okay. And how were you able to manage, like obviously working for somebody else, still building your business and I well you said you were just finishing school but like how, how are you able to juggle all those things at the same time just um you know making sure that I was writing everything down just making sure that I was very like strict with myself like this is you know I have to do this I have to do that and also because I, I love doing it as I mentioned I love creating I, I love being in that role so it never felt like work to me I always, you know, even though I'm, if you look at my room, I am completely disorganized and so is my, my car. But when, when it comes to things that I love, I hyper-focus. I just have that ability to do that. So I, I just really liked it. And, and you know, sometimes it becomes a little, you know, you're, you're building your company, right? And then you have clients and then you're also managing this other company. So sometimes there, there can be that conflict of, of interest. I was always very sincere and very straightforward to, you know, the owners of the other companies, you know, I'm, I'm building mine, you know, I'm always going to do this to make sure that, you know, your clients don't come here or whatever it is. And just, you know, having a good communication with them, I think also helped in separating things. Okay. Okay. I, re I really like that, that what you said at the end, it's like putting kind of everyone in their place. Cause at the end of the day, you do have to also worry about yourself. Like mm -hmm. where I, I have, to, I'm building me right now. So for one second, you can stand over there yeah, and I'm going to continue to work on this. So. Without, and, and you can, you can think about yourself, right. And put yourself first without stepping on, on people's toes. And, mm -hmm. and that is something that I think a lot of people have to learn how to do. Right. Cause a lot of people, like, for example, I, I just had someone, like, who's working with us for, like, a month. And she's like, well, I, I have to think about me because I, I need, you know, this, this stability and whatever, you know, in, in our field, which we know it's hard to, to get. But anyways, and I'm like, okay, you, you do you. But the, the point is that you don't have to sacrifice one thing for the other because now she just burns a bridge, right? So, yes, put yourself first, but do it in a smart way. And, and think about other people for, too, right? Like, it doesn't have to be one or the other.
of course it's like you it's like what you said we have to communicate if you're able to communicate and have everybody on the same boat and we all understand each other then there will be progress absolutely absolutely and better relationships definitely yes. you don't want to lose any of those relationships mm -hmm. it's it's part of us also like connecting and having all those people in our network yeah i agree I also really like that you mentioned that because I do feel and it, you know, it kind of sucks to blame this on social media, but, you know, perspective is everything. And when you tell someone like, yeah, worry about yourself, you know, take care of yourself, you know, that that experience that you had with that person that just left is what ends up happening. And that's not worrying about yourself. That's like not care. You're not caring about your job. You're not following any of the ethics codes. Right, right. You're not, you're not doing your job correctly because doing your job correctly would mean, Hey doctor, you know, this is happening. Can I take a break maybe? Absolutely. Or, you know, like just communicate what's happening. And I'm sure you can be understanding as well. And Absolutely. while also taking care of your business, you know, people really have a hard time understanding that. It's like, oh no, I'm taking care of myself. I I love that. I love that you're doing that. <laughs> but um, like now you kind of... Right. Yeah, yeah. Now, now there's like a whole other dominoes table of things that we have to do. Things for you taking care of yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. That's so that's beautiful that it, you brought that up. And like part of yourself is uh, who you are with other people, too. I mean, if you're just that easy to be like, peace, <laughs> this doesn't work for me anymore. I need to work on me. That That's part of something that on yourself you should probably be working on. Yeah, and, and you, I really like that that you mentioned that, right? That part of yourself is the relationships that you have with others because it, it is that that is a part of yourself, right? And what does that tell you about yourself after? Like how can you I, I know I'm like dramatizing it, but how can you live with yourself like after? Because you you kind of, you know, let a lot of people down and you know, maybe you weren't as ethical and, and all those things. So that that is taking care of yourself, making sure that you're doing things the right way. Yeah, I think it all comes down to like people just don't know what they're getting themselves into when they get into the ABA field or this might happen anywhere. Actually, they don't know what they're getting themselves into. They just get recommended like, hey, go go start this, do this and you're going to be making as much money as me. When the reality is people should be telling people like, hey, you know, do the research, kind of understand what you're getting yourself into um, and then, you know, I'll guide you or I'll help you out. But don't just throw someone and then because right. yeah. that that's a what ends of, up happening. Absolutely. A lot of the interviews, um, like sometimes I have like like um, my my office assistants when I do the interviews and they're like, do you want to hire this person or do you want them to just like leave leave the world, leave the ABA world? Right. Because when I do do the interviews, I tell them the challenges. I'm like, look, if you're looking for a super stable thing that's going to like help you for your family, you may get that with time. But you're not going to get that initially, right? This is this is a field where parents are people and they cancel. And those are things that happen. Now, this is what we do to offset the cancellations, but it may still happen, right? So I'm very honest with them. I'm very honest on that. You know, this is a field where you're going to get, you know, smarts, where you're going to get, you know, a spin on, where you're going to get, you know, punch perhaps, where, where all these things are going to happen. You're going to have the challenges of working with the families, you're going to have all of those things. So think about it before you accept the job. Even if I tell them, I know it's not the same as actually, um, you know, seeing it in person, but at least I let them know that this is what the field is about. There's also the beauty of it, right? There's also that other side, but I think people have to understand both. 
Yeah. Sometimes you might even explain it. I can already imagine how it goes. Like you're explaining all of that and they're like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I know. I can I know. do it. I can do it. Hire me. Right. Hire me right now. <laughs> I got it. Exactly. And exactly. And I'm they, like, all right, let's go. And then three months <laughs> later, they come to you and they're like, this child, he spit on my face. <laughs> this I'm is like, a disgrace. Right, so, what, you know, I, I hope that you didn't react, right? <laughs> That's really all we can do. And, you know. For anyone listening, this is part of a, the struggle with having a business. Mm-hmm. You know, this, you have to deal with on the back end. You have to deal with parents that want services. And, you know, you all, you have to go through the hiring process, make sure that you hire someone of quality. And sometimes you don't even know because, you know, in interview and on paper, they could be great. Absolutely. You know, if you have some sort of training system, they could be great too. Yeah. And then and it's like who's this human like where's where's you last week (laughs) yeah people have like different personalities it's sometimes it's not even about training it's about the way that they communicate the way that they represent and and they do represent you when you hire them it's such a scary thing and you start thinking about it because they represent your company and I tell them that like you guys represent the field you guys represent the company you guys represent a lot so make sure that you know that And like, for example, when there's a therapist, because I've heard horror stories of sometimes therapists that look great on paper, great on the interview, I hire them and then they do something that's really, really questionable. I have to let them go. I call the parents myself and I apologize for them. And a lot of the times parents are like, oh, it wasn't you. And I'm like, no, you know what? It it is my responsibility. And I will always call you every time that something like this happens because I feel like it's my responsibility. That's really important too, even for parents. You know, so many companies don't do that. And right. parents are like, bye, they don't care about me. Right, right. But that it's good that that's not the case. And there's only so much you can do from your end. Right. You know? Right. Absolutely. I don't know. I'm just like in awe right now. Like it is, it is hard. And the fact that people try to make it seem something else or it's confused with something else. It's it's still insane to me. It's insane that in the field, people still, they just passed their RBT exam and they're like, do you pay 30 an hour? <laughs> right. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think it's the new generation. Uh, I'm not sure if it's like the new generation after COVID or just, you know, the new generation, but it's, I, I you know, since I've been hiring, I, I hire my, I do the interviews myself. So I see that there's a lot of this mentality of, of that fear of missing out, right? So I have this job, I'm comfortable, I love it, everything's ethical, it's good to go. But I wonder if I like apply somewhere else, if they're going to pay me more, if it's going to be better. So it's that mentality of, oh, let, let's get something better. And in that, you're losing the goodness that you already have. I've had therapists like leave the company and then they're back and they're like, oh my gosh, it wasn't what I expected. And I'm like, well... Right. Um, and, and I think it's so important to really dedicate your obviously if you're in a company and you hate it and it's not the company for you, obviously leave. But if you're in a company and everything's working out, why look for something that's better that may not be better? Yeah, especially since, you know, between themselves, you know, like RBTs just not like being friends or, and whatnot. Like, oh my God, I get paid this much. Leave that place if they're paying you that much. But the person is saying how much they get paid, but they're not saying like, hey, look, I have amazing supervision. I have people that I can call if I need help. Um, I know how to collect data. You know, <laughs> I, I don't have to wait for my supervisor to send me the data. I, um, I get paid because a lot of the times, 
all these companies paying 30, 35 an hour, right? What they don't tell you is that they'll only give you one client because it's like an emergency thing. So they'll pay you that. They'll only give you like one client and then they're going to hire someone else making less that will give more hours. So you're making $30 an hour, but you're only working 10 hours a week. So are you, yeah, are you really up. making money? <laughs> it just doesn't add up. And I always tell when I do the interviews, I always, you know, speak about these things. I'm like, be smart, make smart decisions. Don't just go for like a number. Think about the other factors that, that work themselves into that. Um, you know, it's, that's so important. And do the research. I really like that you're that type of um, like, I don't know what's the word, like manager, boss, whatever that would be called the person on top, because you you have like a lot of heart in what you're saying. You're, you're very open. You communicate very well and, and you let people know how it is. And then you're also very like inspirational when you're speaking as well. So I, I think that that's beautiful because that's also something that we're not always exposed to. You know, sometimes you go to a job interview and You just sit there and they're like, you're hired. <laughs> it's like, you didn't even ask me what's my last name. Like, <laughs> what do you mean I'm hired? <laughs> um, and, and that's not, I mean, yeah, cool in the moment because that's what you wanted. You know, you wanted a job, but then you start and then how you said, you start to see all these loopholes hitting you in the face. And it's like, what is this? <laughs> what what happened here? And but that that's like, I don't know, I guess it's how you how you brought yourself up, how you grew up, how everything that you had to go through that made you that type of person that, you know, you could be real when you're hiring people. And I think that that's a huge part of business as well. Like if you're going to be that boss, if you're going to be that person that's hiring people and you're going to have all these employees working under you, it can't just be anyone. Right. It has to be someone that has heart, that has push, that has all of that. Right. And, and that started, um, I kind of feel like I'm going to go into a rap song, but started from the bottom, now I'm here, something like that, right? But but someone who actually <laughs> went um, through those struggles, right? Like I, I was an RBT when RBT didn't exist. I was in a BCBA. I still see clients myself when I really don't have to. I just do it because I love it. I, I just love doing it. So you have to go through those steps to then get to a place where you're like, okay, I get where you're coming from, right? A lot of these owners, unfortunately, they're not BCBAs, which is fine, whatever, Um, but having been through those struggles, then how can you really put yourself in their shoes? It's really hard to do so. Yeah, I, I really do agree. And I, and I feel like that's that's how you said it's part of it. You have to be able to go up that ladder. You can't just be like, excuse me and get on my way. Yeah. I'm at the top because then you don't have that. And then that's why all these businesses, they don't make it far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you can really see the difference in a company owned by someone that has been in the field and has gone through the the steps that that is set up that way for a reason mm -hmm. versus someone that just heard like, oh, yeah, I don't act like ABA and you can make money because I swear to God, I feel like that's how the conversations go. I, I've interviewed at some places that I'm like, how did you even submit the application to get approved for insurance? Like. How how did that even happen? Right. So, you know, it is it is the sad truth that people that join the field just don't want to. Right. That's the conclusion I've made for myself, that they don't want to do the research. They don't want to see how it's done. And that's where you really lose working somewhere that they have no supervision, no nothing. Yeah, you become an analyst, but who's going to teach you how to do an assessment? Exactly. And at the end of the day, we have to remember that we are working with vulnerable children and families that really need that support, right? If this was like another business, like a, 
I don't know, we're building books or we're like, I don't know, doing something random, right? Whatever. Yes, that, that does make sense. But it's not, it, it's not, it doesn't give such a huge impact. But we are working with little ones that really need us and families that sometimes have no idea what ABA is. And we're the first person to come in after a diagnosis was given to help them out. So I, I think, you know, something has to change where a lot of these people that are just doing this to make money. And yes, of course, to make money off of it. But that shouldn't be like the main reason why you open up a company. And I really think those people should be kind of like, you know, sweeped away. But that's just me. No, I agree, I agree. 100%. <laughs> I agree so heavily with that because I do see in the company I currently work for, I see that they hire some technicians that it's very questionable. Like they just come in there and then the next day they dip. You never see them again, mm-hmm. never hear from them again. And it's like, do you know that this parent has been waiting six months to have someone like you in their house and then you just bye? Yeah. How does that not hurt you? Like we're not talking about uh you went to go sell pizza or deliver a pizza and then you know right no you, you went to go interfere into this child's life and disappear right and these poor parents they get yeah. so excited they get so excited when they're like brand new into the field but once they've had multiple interactions like that that's when you walk into mm-hmm. a, a family's house and they're like you oh you're you're here what do what you what are you gonna do what are you gonna work on and it's like no you can't do no, my you, job no you can't have my wi-fi <laughs> i mean the, the biggest thing for me is because i'm in the psychology world as well i had a colleague called me the other day and she was like uh let, let me ask you because we haven't connected in a while and i know you do aba what kind of aba do you do and i was like what do you mean mm-hmm. what kinds of aba she's like yeah, do you do the one where it's like 40 hours a week and, and they just do like tutoring and, and they just do like hand over hand for everything and whatever? Or do you do like the other type, the new ABA? And I'm like, well, there's just one ABA and I'll give you a little bit of, of an information about the way that I do it, you know? But of course, like she's getting all this information from the parents that visit her from the horror stories that she hears. But that was really sad for me as a BCBA, right? That, that my colleagues who are psychologists are, are like questioning BCBAs and, and the world of ABA. And it's because of a lot of these crappy people that are out there doing whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah. So even when I was in RBT, um, I used to get it all the time. Like, oh yeah, you're, you're a high paid babysitter. It's like, what? No. Like <laughs> if only you knew how hard my job is, right. how hard to keep my job is like, right. Sure. Yeah. I'm a high paid babysitter. I don't want to explain it to you at this point. <laughs> exactly but and, and that's where the conflict comes right because if you're met with that resistance and then you just want to like you know you, you feel hurt and then you just want to like kind of give that information and then you know it, it's this whole conflict which is why again i'm so in love with motivational interviewing because it allows us to open our minds up a little bit more and then allow the other person to explain themselves right and we have to understand putting ourselves in, in that other professionals or that parent's shoes why they, they think that and it's because of what's going on in our field. Yeah, I always blame it on people in, in our field. I always blame it. And when I lived in Miami, I would say it all the time. The problem is the people in the field, mm-hmm. the RBTs that have accepted to clean the house, to pick up the kid. To That is the problem, not the field within itself, not the science. Because if we were to do things, how the board set it up or, you know, how people just set things up for us to follow, things would flow. 
but we're the ones that messed it up. The, yeah, the people, the people in the field. It's and, a lack of knowledge and yeah. like not having that supervisor or someone that's supposed to be guiding you, you know, and you have, yeah, you have the, the manager. The manager is actually someone that worked at BJ's for 20 years and then they had a lot of money saved up and they're like, I'm going to open an agency. They also don't know nothing about ABA. And then, you know, once again, you have the supervisors that are supposed to tell you what to do, but they don't even know what to do. And then you go in there as a BT and nobody's telling you what to do. So uh, Esperanza tells you to clean the house. And you're like, I got you, girl. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I'm right. not doing anything anyway. Like, exactly. And you know what? That was a question that someone asked me in one of my Q&As. And they were like, um, what, what, what's, what do you think about all these like kind of bad RBTs in the field? And my kind of question back to them was, where is their BCBA? Where is their supervisor? Because someone is signing mm-hmm. off on those RBTs. So we can't just blame those RBTs because someone is ultimately signing off on their supervision. So where's that person and what are they doing and what are they looking at? Now, don't get me wrong, though. There are some BTs that you will sit there and you'll be like, you're supposed to do this, this and this. And the moment you're not there anymore, they're like on their phone, TikTok, whatever, selfie. And it's like the parent will call you and be like, is she supposed to be on her phone all day? Mm, right no but then you but, have as a supervisor you have the choice to say i'm not going to sign off on, on on your supervision i i would do that if i think a, a, someone's doing unethical stuff and i've already told them a bunch of times we've, we've done a lot of remedial stuff and it's still happening i'm sorry but i cannot sign off yeah exactly is that something that you have um written out like on a contract like hey if i ha- if i have to give you multiple reprimands you're not getting your hours signed or like, how how do you go about that? I have a three strike policy and it's basically once you have the three strike, then you don't work in the company anymore. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. And that's fair because, and again, you know, the importance of working at a company or at least the difference that you get to see working at a company that is owned by a BCBA, Mm -hmm. because you're also on the other side of all the other supervisors. So if your supervisors are not doing things how they're supposed to, you can also give them like a warning, you know, like, hey, one of your RBTs is, you know, this is happening. What, you know, like, what's the problem? What's going on? Do you need help? Do you need guidance? Right. You're, you're there to offer that for them Absolutely. versus how scary it could be somewhere else and not have that. Exactly. Or be told to do something wrong. Also, mm-hmm. there's many companies that are like, no, 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 don't worry, just sign. And it's like, no, I'm putting my credentials on the line, you exactly. know, like putting everything on the line. Just mm-hmm. sign. What do you mean? <laughs> Absolutely. It's kind of crazy to think. We kind of went off on like an ABA. Yeah. Um, we tend tangent. to do this. We tend to do this often. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad habit. Yeah, Let's stop doing that. <laughs> Um, I was going to say before we end the podcast, because we're coming close to an end, is there anything that you want to share with our audience about anything in particular success, uh, um, anything that resourceful that you think that would benefit anyone listening today? So I would just say, I think at the end, just be a good human, right? One. Um, and secondly, just truly find yourself, be honest with yourself, find yourself, accept yourself. And that, that is the way that you can get to that success, right? And again, success is, is measured differently depending on, on who you are. 
And I, I think that that's like our ultimate success, finding a way to be comfortable and, and really accept ourselves for who we are. Beautiful. I love it. <laughs> Thank you guys for inviting me to a podcast. Yes, of course. Of course. Thank of course. you so much for coming on. No problem. <laughs> So thank you everyone for listening. We're also going to have Dr. Monica's Instagram name. So if you want to follow her and know more about her motivational interviewing, please do so. Just click the description and her at name is going to be there. And I hope you were able to gain something resourceful. This was an amazing conversation. Thank you for sharing this time with us and for saying yes um, to coming on our show. So we hope to talk to you soon, maybe in five years, to recap on how everything has gone. But besides that, make sure to hit the follow button and see you guys next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.